Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, everyone. Uh, it's been a while. Been busy with the USL show, and this is honestly, this is going to become the norm. I just had a third kid, um, little third baby boy. He's only two months old, so uh, life's just, you know, third, third kid makes it quite a bit different, just to kind of give you a little insight. Um, so things are busy. I've got the USL show, and I'm just going to focus on that. Just try to be really good at that. Um, besides, there's plenty of STL coverage around the area. Uh, that said... Um, every once in a while, I'm going to still kind of dip into really cool things that happen. And uh, this qualifies. I get really excited about the Academy kids. I don't think they get enough coverage. I don't think Jansen Miller and guys like um, Jack Mayer didn't. I think they don't get enough uh, press for USMNT. And so I like to kind of latch on to those guys and try to push them a little bit. And um, I wanted to schedule a time to meet because two amazing things happened this week. I only knew about one when I came to this meeting, and that was that uh, our U19 um, St. Louis FC team in USSDA made it to the quarterfinals and then placed third in the entire tournament. Um, semifinals, rather, and placed third in the entire tournament. And um, it's huge. It's giant. Um, it's something historic for the U19s. I think it's been a while since that sort of thing has happened. Not sure it's happened with St. Louis FC, honestly, or Scott Gallagher, but um, that's something I should look into. Either way, that's huge, and it was really fun to watch. The guys played really well. We talk about it. The other thing that happened is I walked in and found out that Nietzsche Vlastos signed a contract, a pro contract, and it's the first of our academy kids to sign straight out of the academy, straight into our senior USL team as a pro player and that is just awesome it's a lot of fun i'm really glad that i was there to kind of be around for that sort of thing and and maybe report on it kind of like i am here and on on twitter but um this is an interview with those two guys jansen miller is a center back for st louis fc he's a u17 and eligible for u.s men's national team u17s right now and the next phase of the world cup he'll be ready for the u20s and i'm pushing him I, i really want him to play i think he's good enough um, as long as he keeps on on this, you know, this level of play and improvement. Um, Nietzsche, though, a really quality player, has seen a lot of time with St. Louis FC this year. Uh, the most of all the academy kids, for sure, uh, playing alongside Lewis Hilton most of the time. I think he replaced him once, the one time that Lewis came out of a game this season so far. So I'll let the interview do the rest of the talking. Uh, thanks for logging in and listening to the show since it's not regular. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're in a new uh, a conference room. It's new to me as far as being up here at Worldwide, uh, what was it? Worldwide Technology Stadium Soccer Park. It's right over there, actually. I can read it. Um, two guys to welcome today, Nietzsche Vlastos and Jansen Miller. Welcome to STL Soccer Report. Nishi, uh, you, uh, we've talked before and we're going to touch on that later, but um, a lot's happened. It feels like that was a long time ago. Yeah, um, seems longer than what, two years or however long. It seems like five, ten years have gone by since then, so and a lot's happened, but. A lot has happened. And we were in Orlando, or no, Bradenton at that yeah. point, so yeah, that was a while ago. Um, good to be talking to you guys uh, today. Let's talk about the season. You guys had one of the most successful seasons a U19 in St. Louis has had, maybe in a long time. I can't remember the last time. I think it was early 2000s or mid-2000s. U16s made it to the finals. Missouri side, yeah. Okay. that Yeah, that's what I heard. So, um, very successful. You guys, third in the nation 
um, af- after that tournament, the U19 USSDA tournament. Um, let's talk about it. I mean, what made it so successful, Nishi? What what made it work out? Um, I think just over the the ten month season, kind of leading into the playoffs, we just built um, a great atmosphere as far as everyone trusting in each other, and then ultimately trusting in what. Louisa, our coach, um, implemented, and uh, every time we stepped out on the field, especially the six playoff games we did play, um, I think we went in knowing we could win. Obviously, we didn't win all of them, but there was never a moment where I think any of us thought we're in over our heads or we're not. Um, we shouldn't be here. We don't deserve to be here. Yeah, it's well. It's cool to hear you say that because a lot of a lot of what happened, you guys were down at times, you know, you wouldn't, you weren't necessarily superbly in control of an entire game by any means, but um, you guys came out on top more often than not, obviously. Jansen, how did you feel about the tournament? That um, sporting game, the game we were down one nothing, actually was the first game we came back in the whole season. Oh, was, really? Yeah. Okay. So we had never been losing and then came back and won, so... That was pretty cool. So at halftime, everybody, I mean, everyone, like, kind of knew that. So it's kind of, oh, it's playoff time. Like, those games back then didn't matter. But uh, so it was pretty cool to come back, and especially against our rival sport in Kansas City. You do consider them the rival? Oh, Definitely. 100%. <laughs> 100% they, they came in thinking they were just going to smack us. Mm-hmm. But, and they were just trying to intimidate us. But it's... Something happened in like the 20th minute. They kicked the ball far out of bounds, like when they're supposed to kick it back to Patrick, and that like lit a match. And we we were just on we were just on the front foot from there. <laughs> I yeah. love that. That's interesting. So it's always pretty heated between you and Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we play them um, at the start of preseason, each of our respective preseasons. But this year. I don't know the reasons why, but obviously that didn't happen. So I think once the two days before the draw or after the draw for the quarterfinals and we knew we got them, I think everyone was really looking forward to it. Nice. And we didn't get the start we wanted. Obviously they got up 1-0, but then we knew that if we score that one, then we have a great chance to go on and score the next. Um, And that's what happened. Yeah, I, I caught up with Blake Decker right before when I was uh, getting set up, and uh, he was talking about how throughout the season you guys will play different teams, and so probably locally you guys are the best team, you know, typically the best team here, and you have to play a certain style, and then against Sporting Kansas City, and in that whole tournament, a lot of the times you guys were sitting back a little bit and looking to, to counterattack. Um, what's that like? I guess, is that true? Do you feel like that's definitely true? Um. Yeah, I think St. Louis has always been more of a... Our identity stems from just being a very sound defensive team. Mm -hmm. So we always have that to fall back on. And then when Luis came in this year, he brought, obviously, his own um, uh, identity or his own way he wanted to play. And I think a great example of that is just on corners, we leave three players up high and... I don't think there's another team that does that. So it just shows that he is willing to take those risks going forward more than maybe other years. And I think that's another reason that we had such success is that we were very lethal on counterattacks throughout the the year. And especially in the playoffs, we had good counterattacks for goals um, or at least getting chances. 
in some ways he's doubling down on our defense and those on those free kicks or whatever on corners. Yeah. So yeah, that's you, Jansen. Yeah, so it's it definitely puts more pressure on us, but the risk reward is worth it. I don't think we didn't get scored on one corner kick in the all thirty games. Nice. So I think it shows how disciplined we were in the back, but then going forward we scored like over sixty goals and we yeah that. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you talked about Luis coming in this year, or was it part of the way through last year, um, implementing his style. What were some other things that, that he brought that was maybe new or uh, something he pushed this year? Or Go ahead. Uh, maybe not like on the field, obviously, we more attacking-minded, but I don't think we've had a coach like that, like more like personable, mm-hmm. like he'll hang out with, the team off the field like he'll go golfing with us like he'll do which I think that gave him more trust from us that he's not here for like he wants to get to know us get to know us a person soccer player all that I think that definitely translated on the field because then everyone bought into what he was trying to do and when everybody's bought in no matter if it's going up down like any anything can happen we saw that in the playoffs I completely agree with all that that's pretty awesome um, anything else that you can think of, Misha? Um, yeah, I think at the beginning of preseason, obviously we have the the camp at Principia, and from then probably through halfway of the the fall, to me at least, it felt like everyone was kind of feeling each other out because usually when you get a new head coach at the U nineteen level, it's someone from within the the club already, so maybe you already have a pre existing relationship, and Luis was. From outside of the club, he'd never really worked here. He came and did a couple training sessions this season before, but for me it was just getting to know him, and I think it took him a while to, to get to know the players and everything. Um, but then after that, we definitely turned it on towards the end of the fall through pretty much the whole spring. We still had some ups and downs in the spring, but ultimately I think it was just getting that level of trust between the players and him and CBR assistant coach also. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I'm glad to hear that. That's a really cool addition to bring in. Uh, yeah, very, and that's something of note for sure that, that Luis is very different from a lot of the coaches in this system, not just in being personable, but just yeah. in general um, from what I've been able to gather. That's good to hear some practical thoughts in that way. Um, today you guys trained with the senior team. You trained with the senior team yesterday. Uh, Jansen, you said how many times have you trained total with the senior team? Um, I, no, it's a lot. It's over. I have no idea. Like over, like it's been a lot. Like over fifty. 60, yeah, we were talking like earlier, and I thought you said once last week and two times this week, and I thought maybe those were your first time. I wanted to make sure so you've no. trained with them a lot. Yeah, we did. Definitely. I did all of preseason with them. Which cool. Was Forty training sessions. Nice. Yeah. So, tell me about it. What's the difference? Um, I think. The biggest one is speed of play as far as the actual technical side of the mm-hmm. game. But then also, because this is people's livelihood or how they're making money supporting a family, it just comes into the competitiveness of each session where in academy you might be able to get off with taking two or three minutes and just relaxing. But if you do that here, you're going to get yelled at. <laughs> People are going to call you out. Um 
so yeah that that was probably the biggest leap for me is just trying to stay checked into a session for 90 minutes or however long the session is that day i don't know i think physicality like no was especially center back opening your mouth because i came in like center back can see the whole field so that just opening my mouth using like giving instructions even though they're older than me they've been doing this but I've learned as I've gone on that like they're gonna listen to you like they don't like you're here for like we're here for a reason like training with them Mm -hmm. and um I would just say and then they're just mentally switched on every second like an academy you can get away with being switched off for like a play and you can recover but here you can switch on your switch off you're gonna get you're get punished. Yeah, yeah, especially as a center back, yeah, you're in trouble. Back, yeah. Um, yeah, I imagine that's really crazy. I, I'm imagining you telling Gaiaben to go mark a guy or something. That's got to yeah. be crazy. No, and like, so say they want the ball and mm-hmm. you don't give it to them, you're like, <laughs> like when you get the, yeah, like, <laughs> so why didn't you give me the ball? Like, you should have, yeah, it's... So I didn't play a lot of soccer, but I see guys constantly calling for the ball and getting mad. They're legitimately mad, and like, they're... Yeah, I think because the biggest way to make a difference is if you have the ball. Sure. So everyone, everyone wants it. So I think that also is like a learning step that they're going to get mad at you, but you have to trust in your ability and, mm-hmm. and maybe make a different pass than someone would want. And you just got to believe that you made the right pass. And I think the more you do that and the more you trust in yourself, then the better you're going to play and ultimately the better the team is going to play. Yeah, that's really interesting. So that doesn't happen as much on the academy level where people yell at you for not giving them the ball. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think because we are kind of the not better players, but like just we have gotten opportunities and maybe we're just... It's a different relationship between sure. us and the academy players compared to us and the pro players. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that how is like how it is across all levels kind of if you're more with the team maybe from the start of the season or whatever it is and you're just more comfortable then people are less likely to to call you out if you make a bad pass or anything like that sure or do you guys go around the academy games and just scream at other players (laughs) for not giving you the ball (laughs) no they're i feel like this is someone explained to me like this so when we go to train with the pros they're looking at us like maybe say some 17s come mm-hmm. up to train with us like they're looking at us the same way just to put in like perspective for us because we've been on both sides they yeah. haven't been on both sides so it's yeah i think it's good for us because we know how they feel if we're saying it to them like that's why i think it i think it helps in that regard like i used to get i used to lose my head in games mm-hmm. but so last year I had like nine yellow cards, like a red card, like like just bad stuff. And then um, I was trained with the first team for all of preseason, came into our, and like, it's just a whole different thing. Like my mouth mm-hmm. is shut. Like it's just, it's a lot. It's matured me a lot, I would say. Healthy dose of humility, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I've been embarrassed a few times on the training yeah. pitch now. <laughs> yeah, more than a few. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I imagine that helps your work ethic even, you know, to, to be embarrassed and, and feel like you got to push your way back. I think that's where you see a lot of pros maybe fall off the planet. They've been a little too talented for too long. And they don't know how to work for it. And some guys need to be embarrassed from time to time. Yeah, I think just having that reality check of you're not as good as you think you are yeah. um, keeps you grounded. And I think that's a big 
big thing, so you keep wanting to get better and better. So obviously, maybe in an academy game where you can get away with taking maybe not the best first touch, but your ability can get you out, that's not going to happen in, in a training or in a game with the first team. You gotta Every touch has to be good. Every uh, pass has to be perfect. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to have that um, moment of realizing, you know, you're not the best player out there anymore or not yet so you just got to keep working and then you also have to keep yourself to a high standard when you go back to training with the academy yeah like you're here for a reason you need to like help people out like you know how it feels to be up there like it definitely like makes you want to be the best like you need because you need to like prove yourself like Mm -hmm. they're come like I feel like some people like go up, come back down, like oh, this is sure. Just like relax, like oh, screw this, like. Mm-hmm. But no, it's you got to prove yourself to stay with the first team. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep the standard going yeah. down there. That's awesome. That's good. Uh, I'm curious. I haven't interacted a lot with Poulis, and so I'm really curious what he's like as a coach on on the pitch. Especially, we're gonna talk. We're gonna mention Preki later because Nietzsche, you you were a part of that whole thing. But he was very different on the pitch versus off the pitch from everything yes. I've heard. So that was really interesting to me. What is Poulos like in training? Nietzsche, go ahead. I think, as far as the however many ten coaches I've had in my life, yeah. he's probably the most intense, and that is a that's like in a good way. He he always I think has a does a great job of getting the best out of his players especially in training where he can be more vocal in a game it's a little harder as a coach because you can't stop it but the training level here every day I think it'd be hard to find a higher training level as far as intensity and work ethic stuff like that so he's very good at getting people to buy in and then getting people to to work and ultimately that's going to make you the best player you can be so I think that's what stood out to me as far as being able to train with him or playing games with him is just he's not gonna let you not give your best effort every time you're on the field with him mm-hmm. what do you think Jason um I think it's nice so he played professional soccer so I think he understands where we like what we're feeling yeah so I feel like on that level like it helps. It helps a lot because, say, you're having a bad day. He knows what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And um, just as a coach, he's – there's not one – like, defense is obviously the most important to him. And, like, defense wins championships. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he, um, no, he's just he, – he's a great coach. Training environment, it's, it's super good. How specific does he get? And I don't know what's normal, to be honest with you. So um, – how specific does he get? Does he tell you, hey, when this happens, you got to be here and step here? And is it really minute or is there freedom? Nishida, um, you, you're more of an attacking role, so you might have yeah, freedom. Yeah, I think he definitely, so we try and, or he tries and show us, like, here is a situation that is going to occur mm. probably multiple times in a game. And when it happens, this is just a pattern of, of play or a pattern of movement that's gonna work or will work most of the time. So it's ultimately up to us to make the decisions in the games, but we work in training each week on on patterns of play that are gonna help us 
expose maybe weaknesses on the other team. Then on the flip side, how we can defend to kind of limit what the other team wants to do. But then because it is soccer and you can't just draw up a play every 30 seconds, it is ultimately on the players to have the um, autonomous decision-making to then implement it. And sometimes it might not be exactly like he told you to check in at a certain moment and that might work in a game. But you never know because situations are going to switch in soccer. So... Mm -hmm. But it's definitely pretty pretty uh, clear what he wants from you going into each game, which I think is important. He's not just like, go out there and run around. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what we want to do. Stick to, to our principles. Stick to what we worked on this week or the week before. And that's going to give us the best chance to win. Nice. You guys have both been on the bench um for multiple St. Louis FC games uh, this year. So what is it like at halftime? Are there a lot of adjustments? What does he talk about? Um, At least when I have been, he, depending on how the game goes, I mean, a lot of it is if we're having success doing what we're doing, you're not going to change it. Yeah. But I think he's one of the, at least in my short career, one of the best soccer minds I've, I've been with. So... He's going to see stuff that probably I won't have seen. Mm-hmm. And just like being able to to listen and be like, wow, how did he see that? Or how does he understand that this is going to work? Um, so, yeah, he definitely will make changes. He's not scared to do that. Nice. But if it's, if it's going well, he's not going to be like, we need to switch stuff. So it just depends on how the game is going. I'm curious what he said at the Rowdies. Game. You were there, weren't you? Um, yeah, I mean, not much. It's it's just important to... You can't relive the first half. You have to just move on to that second half. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest things is just, we have a second half, let's go out um, and just put the front foot forward the second half and see what can happen. Mm-hmm. I think... So I, I was on the bench for the Ford Madison game, but like... And they they were obviously winning, but I think it's mostly just sticking to the principles, like staying true to who who you are. Don't try to be someone you're not, like as a person, as a team. Like you're not just going to switch for no reason unless like it's just going terrible. But just staying true to yourself because it, it'll work itself out. Because and if everyone believes in it, then mm-hmm. it it'll work. If someone's just like, oh, we we need to switch it, like. Just whatever, whatever Ant's saying. Yeah, and that makes sense. Everything you guys say lines up with what we see on the field, so that's good to hear. Um, Jansen, you in training get to work with some very solid center backs. I yeah. think yeah. all of our center backs on this roster, our pro center backs, could be starting anywhere. It's kind of crazy that Sean doesn't get to start so often. Um, so anyway, you're in a good position. So what are some of the, the main things that you've been learning from these three guys? Just how to be a pro mm-hmm. really um as off the field like Sean, Sean and me like are super close like he he'll we'll talk about stuff that happens on the field like just being a pro <clears throat> fan great, great guy off the field like mm-hmm. beast at center back like nice. <laughs> yeah they're but like Sam they, they all have their different qualities that help me out like mm-hmm. they're all different center backs which is good because I can learn a little bit differently from each, all three of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're fun to fun to be with. That's cool. Yeah, you get a lot of honesty from Sean and passion. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool that that you get to hang out with him so much and that he takes such an interest in in doing that. 
uh, great guy, obviously. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about you, Nietzsche. Some big, a big thing just happened. I came and uh, <laughs> Jansen spilled the beans and was like, he's shaking Jeremy's hand and getting pictures. I was like, that can only be one thing. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler was near. Yeah, so, I mean, no, it's I'm fine. Sure. Yeah, everything was was good. We cleared it up with Tyler, the communications guy, and I would have talked to Jeremy to make sure if I was worried. But um, you just signed a pro deal with St. Louis FC, man. That's yeah, I mean, huge. Very excited to, to do that. Um, it's kind of getting to accomplish a dream since as long as I can remember um, but I think the important thing now is not like to take my foot off the pedal or anything I think it's just I've, I've done that I've accomplished it but you can't um, get overly excited or anything you just got to keep keep working um, and I'm just excited to now get to be on the team full time and get to contribute and try and and help the team out for this playoff push the second half of the season. That's awesome. So I don't know. I guess your academy contract was gonna was it was it valid throughout the rest of the season? Or? Yeah. So I think I believe the academy contract it's goes through November thirtieth. Okay. Um, but because obviously I'm no longer an academy player, it, it was I think beneficial for both parties if we could get this done. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's. It's important. Uh, I believe I'm the first academy player to sign um, right from straight to to the team, and I think that's important, especially because you're seeing it a lot at MLS clubs now. But I think if we truly want to become one of the best clubs in the country, then hopefully I won't be the only one, and hopefully maybe in the next couple of years more people can start doing it. So I just think... It was it was a great opportunity for me, and I'm definitely very fortunate to have a club that has believed in me for the past three and a half years, um, and it just felt right, I think, for both parties. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to, I guess, continuing to work <laughs> with them. Of course, yeah, this is huge. And so, um, you know, I wanted to tell the story about how, um, and it was the meet and greet. I don't know if you remember this, but I was walking through the line. I was like, Nietzsche, what are you doing, man? What's next? College? Just asking the question that I like to ask. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You were like, I think I want to play pro. So I'm thinking, I think I'm going to have to go to Europe or I want to go to Europe. Yeah. Or Europe probably. You didn't seem like super jazzed about it. And I was like, man, if he doesn't sound super jazzed, if all he can get is like second or third tier in Scandinavia, which is still great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, man, I just... I said it. I said, if St. Louis is smart, they'll just sign you pro and keep you on a little longer. And I said that not thinking it would happen, to be honest. But wanting it, because I, yeah. I know your quality and I know this would be a good place for you to be to even, for anyone in their career now, USL is a viable option if you don't go to college, right? Yeah, so um, throughout uh, the past two years or whatever, I've gotten asked a ton, you know, what's your plan what what's gonna happen you know and I've gotten I've been fortunate enough to get to talk to a lot of colleges and kind of see what they have to offer but I think I was probably like seven eight and I decided you know I don't want to play college and that's a pretty bold thing to say but I think having that set set out from such a young age where it's like I want to go straight pro um, I think it pushed me to 
to not maybe have that safety net of, oh, you know, I can take a day off or whatever and then just play college a year or two and then um, then go pro. So I think having that goal of always just um, wanting to play professional has been been one thing that's pushed me to always try and get the best out of myself. Um, and then when I got the opportunity to, to play here, I kind of jumped on it and was like, I think it's a great place to kind of continue my development. Um, having been here for a couple years, knowing all of the, the coaches, the academy coaches, I can continue to work with all of them, but also then hopefully in uh, however long it takes, but get to that next level. Um, so I just think it's a great place for me to kind of start out my professional career. Did you just say that you were seven or eight when you made that decision? Years old? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been playing soccer as long as I can remember, and I think seven or eight is when, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to play pro, this is what I want to do. And I think I'm very fortunate because I don't think a lot of people maybe make that decision when they're so young of what they want to do with their oh, yeah. life. And obviously this is just going to be part of my life, but I've been fortunate enough to get to continue doing it the past 10 years or however long and then now i get a get to keep doing it for at least a while longer with st louis so it has i think since as long as i can remember it's been my goal to play professional Mm -hmm. um so i was curious about europe obviously it sounds like you kind of wanted to get this deal done in case they didn't want you here and because you got to start looking for a club at this point in this in the year i imagine yeah so i've talked with uh, multiple people I mean because I was obviously training with the the first team and I was trying to do my best but it's not like they were obligated to offer me mm-hmm. a contract so it was just kind of trying to to prepare and like hey if if I can't continue playing here you know what are the choices um, and my my brother had gone over to Greece um, and he played with the club there for I think a year and a half something like that um so we kind of had some connections over there but ultimately then once I got the the option to be here for a little longer I think it's definitely what's best for me so I mean starting professional is a whole different thing than academy or anything so that's already a big change so now that i can keep some consistency in my life during that time where i'm not having to completely uproot myself i think that's going to make it so now i can kind of just focus on the soccer so that's one of the things that kind of made me be like yeah i want to i want to be here and then i think as far as the actual soccer side is just the training environment every day here is kind of unparalleled to what I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I think I know, you know, maybe if I'm not playing every game every weekend, I know that at least I'm in such a great environment day in and day out, and that's going to make me a better player and ultimately help me get to, you know, other goals of playing um, at the highest level I can play at. Without a doubt. Um, I'm curious about, you, you look very different in uh, with St. Louis FC uh, versus what you look like in the academy and that's totally normal totally natural so I'm really curious about your role with the separate team so when you play with St. Louis I imagine less is asked of you or maybe less freedom what, what's the difference um, there? 
Yeah, so at least the games I've played so far this season with the the St. Louis FC, the professional team, um, I've been playing primarily a deeper-lying midfield. um, And so that means, you know, one, two touch. You don't try and uh, dribble or anything like that. Um, And then with the academy and with Luis, he kind of gives me more freedom and I'm, I'm playing more of like an attacking mid or even sometimes a little uh, of a wide mid. So he he's given me the freedom kind of there to to maybe take people on or dribble or stuff like that. So it's definitely been kind of two different roles with the two different teams, but I just take it as I get to work on being two different types of players. I get to work on playing one and two touch. I get to then uh, with the academy work on on my 1v1 play, out playing or stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity, or it has been, that I've got to kind of develop lots and lots of parts of my games over the like past season. Without a doubt. Yeah, you. it was interesting because I remember, um, you know, I love to bring up that, you know, I went to Orlando when you guys <laughs> played in Orlando, the first official game, you know, I guess it was a friendly, but the first real soccer game in that stadium was you, St. Louis FC, you were training with the first team against Orlando, and and you, um, you know, you were very dribbly back then. And so when you were with St. Louis, um, when I saw you at the beginning of whatever this last, it was a summer ago, you had bulked up so much. A lot of people have talked about that with you. You got bigger, you grew on top of that, but um, you looked different with St. Louis. So I thought maybe your game had totally changed. But then you know, obviously, you're still very dribbly and very talented, and, and getting around people. We saw that in the playoffs for sure. Um, but, um, you know, you've been with this team a long time. Uh, you know, you got to play against Kaká. It's yeah. the biggest thing I always bring up at the age of 16, right? Uh, yeah, I think 16 or I just turned 17, but yeah. that's just something really cool. I mean, not a lot of people get to do that. So I was just fortunate enough that they gave me the opportunity to play in that game. Sure. Um, but yeah, I've... I have definitely loved getting to play with this team on and off for the past two or so years. Um, so just super excited that now I know I get to do it for another um, couple years or however long I'm here. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's awesome. Exciting. Congrats again, man, uh, Jansen. Let's talk about you. Um, I got keyed into you because you are U17 eligible. You're an O2, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, someone just posted a... a, um, I'm jumping right into this, by the way. (laughs) Someone just posted a national team, what the U20s would look like in the next cycle, basically. And just like the year before, when I was yelling and screaming from a hilltop that Jack Mayer should have been included, especially as... I think he's left-footed, isn't he? He can can see either. He's right-footed. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's confused, (laughs) because, yeah, he's pretty good with his left. I literally thought he was left-footed. Um, but anyway, he um, was not getting called in, and now look at him. He's gotten a U23 called up and getting some respect after what he did in Indiana last year, rightfully so. And so you're my new project. I'm pushing you yeah. hard because I think you would fit in well as a center back with the U or the next phase of the U20s. They're moving fullbacks over. Um, so I'm sure that's something you think about um, when you're out there in, in, the, in the DA playoffs and going sure. as far as you did. For sure, yeah. It, it's all obviously team first. I wanted to win. Like if the call-up didn't happen and we won the national championship. But, I mean, I guess it's always in the back of my head. Like there's people watching. 
and especially at the final four there are just a bunch of people there mm. yeah it's it's for sure been my dream like I want to wear the USA badge it's just it's always been one and um and it's cool because so one of the center backs I get to play against him every year well I didn't get to it this year because he's playing with U17s but it's just and it was cool to see at the playoffs the kids that are on the U17 national team yeah and just I mean I compare myself to them but of course yeah and you know yeah <laughs> So you think you could uh, you could belong there pretty well. Uh, you at least want a chance, I, yeah, right? I, uh, yeah, I want a chance. I, I think I can. I think you can too. I was watching you in in the um, in the playoffs, like I said, and um, you are playing up. People need to realize that you're what you're seventeen or sixteen. Yeah, seventeen. Okay, um, so you're playing up a level, and um, you know you're a monster out there. You're not like Jack at all, really. And you play a very different style yeah. center back, and I love it. You're you're stepping up and jumping up into the midfield at times. You're very physical. You're in the box. You're physical without fouling, which yeah. I was impressed with. Yeah. Um, but what would you say are some of the best qualities of your game? I would say over the last two years, um, especially um, in the air, um, winning head ball challenges, mm-hmm. just that aspect of it. And as a center back, you need, you need that. And then um, my technical technical side passing stepping in mm-hmm. and then uh defensively not um jumping for a ball like uh relaxing until they take a bad touch and then you go which i think that's really propelled me forward especially in the playoffs just over the past year and i'm um, training with the first team that's pushed me to the next level mm-hmm. i think yeah. what are some of the things they point out in training with 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 the senior team where they're like jancy you got to get a little better at this I would say using my voice. Oh, okay. Using my voice, which I use it more with the academy. I should use it a lot more than I do with the academy. But mm-hmm. um, that and uh, just my awareness, awareness um, when I get the ball, where I'm going to go before I get the ball, mm-hmm. and just cleaning up technically. Just yeah, yeah. Um, curious. Nietzsche, I warned you guys this, this question was coming. So, Nietzsche, is there a player you look up to or one that you not compare yourself um, to, but you would like to be like, perhaps, that you have similar skills to? Yeah, so, I mean, anyone who probably I've hung out with knows that at least my favorite player is definitely um, Hatem Ben Arfa. Um, so, I am I, so obsessed with USL that I don't know who that is. So, yeah, explain. he's. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, he was, I believe he's 32 now, but he was kind of a a prodigy. Uh, He's French, uh, but I think he's also Tunisian, but he's played some with the French national team. But he was basically touted as going to win the Ballon d'Or from Mm. um, probably like age 10. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I have probably liked him for four or five years, big on him, but he's a very... He likes dribbling, and I think that's the best part of his game. And obviously not so much with the first team, but at least with the academy, I kind of have a similar role where I get to uh, take people on and try and create chances. Um, so being able to watch him and kind of watch some of his his videos, I think, have been um, important just because you can take stuff from him. And then also, I mean, not saying like I'm that good, but I'm saying he definitely, a lot of people at least think he didn't live up to his potential and I Mm -hmm. think 
that just reminds me, you know, like, hey, you got to work every day. So it's nice to kind of have him lead. But I still think he's one of, if not the most talented players in the world. So I might not play exactly like him, but he's definitely someone that I I like to watch or try and take stuff from their game to kind of put into my game. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I there are many times, you know, I mentioned already, that you, you can be dribbly and you have that in you. Uh, multiple times in the playoffs that I saw, you would end up kind of near the touchline in a similar spot every time, and I swore to God you lost the ball two times, and you never did, and you'd usually get a cross off and uh, are dangerous in that way. So, well done, buddy. It was fun to watch. Um, how about you, Jason? Um, well, the first this is during preseason. It, they were call me Stonesy, John Stones, but I would say Sergio Ramos. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I would just say from the mentality. Sure. I, He, as you can tell, doesn't like to lose. Like, if he needs to put somebody on the ground, he's going to put them on yeah. the ground. But uh, also, I think lately, like, the goal-scoring aspect on corners, he always he has over, like, 100 goals mm-hmm. in his life. And, um, and I scored five in just, like, the spring season. So I think... Yeah, and then I also watch watch videos on him, and it just like gets me hyped up before games. Nice. Like he's uh he's he's just a beast. Like and he's good technically, mm-hmm. winning tackles, which everyone thinks of him as just like like he's just gonna foul you. But he's when you if you watch him like on the ball, he's he's great oh, yeah. stepping in, long balls. Yeah, he he's for sure the guy. Without a doubt, uh, we were talking about you. Something suddenly clicked on uh, you scoring on corners, right? Yeah, I started wearing my contacts. Yeah, <laughs> cracks me up, man. I was like, so what? What like clicked? What was it? You're like, yeah, I just started wearing my contacts. Yeah, finally started wearing them. <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, keep wearing those yeah. and uh, keep up the good work there. Um, yeah, there was something else I was gonna say, and I can't remember what that is, but um, oh, that was the other big difference between you and Jack is. I almost wish Jack would get angry on the field. The dude He's seems the too guy. nice. He's, too He's the nice. nicest guy <laughs> ever. Like, even like, if he's giving you information, it's like in the nice way. Hey, could you play? It's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. But no, he's one of the top talents for his age in the country. Oh my gosh. 100%. Definitely. He's solid. He, yeah. I'm just glad he's getting attention and, and you know, yeah, he, he made the right choice, obviously, going to college in that way. So. Well deserved. Good. That was impressive. Glad to hear it. Um, well, guys, thank you again. Congratulations on signing Nietzsche. It's a huge deal. And congratulations on you know one of the best years our, this club has ever seen in, in the playoffs this year. Looking forward to seeing you guys with St. Louis in the future. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the interview. This show is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I hope you guys have looked into bgn.fm on online on the internet so uh, you can kind of keep up with all the USL clubs that we play. Uh, at least half of them have podcasts. So that's a good resource to kind of catch up on the competition. Often I'll talk to those guys. Um, and if you didn't know, I'm part of the USL show. has become kind of my main gig. And... Um, we record every week, practically every week. It's been a little rough at times, again, with the three kids. But uh, Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, that's 8 p.m. Central Time. So uh, you can log in live with us on YouTube. It's just the USL Show uh, channel on there. And um, 
we are also just we have the podcast stream of course so um look into that uh last of all i just need to say thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves it is the official scarf supplier of mls usl and u.s soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com bye everybody